spidey senses tingling. He's the host of Count Them Four Hit Podcast. This is uh, the one that's his least favorite to record. He's Slim. This is the Paper Keg Podcast, episode 193. Welcome to the show. Three fathers. We get together in our kitchens and basements. And we talk about the book. Uh, that we read this week. Read the same book. You know? That's it. One book. One book, maybe. Maybe we'll fake it the rest of the way. Probably. Darwin Cook. Parker. The Outfit. For those of you watching the YouTube, that was me doing the typewriter. Just you can't see the lower half of my body. You're mostly covered Sorry. up by that adorable shawl, I think. And uh, so we'll do a book club. We'll read your letters live to close out the show. Last week, the podcast internet was set aflame by the hosting prowess of one of our hosts. He's a writer. He is a host waiting in the wings. <laughs> just waiting for the opportunity just to happen and take over the, the show. And I'm more than willing to hand it over. Jonesy loves beer. Welcome. Uh, you know, I want to coin uh, my own nicknames. And uh, my new name shall be uh, Podcast Understudy. That that'll be it. Go ahead and uh, go ahead and write that in my <laughs> notes in the podcast notes. The who, metadata. Who are, who are you talking to exactly? Telling them to write <laughs> into notes. I'm not sure. You know, the, I'm speaking into the ether. You know, put it in your yeah. metadata. Okay. Put a ticket in for it. Jonesy, calm down. You don't mm, want to blow gosh. your technology <laughs> joke wad too soon. <laughs> we have another host, the final living host of the show, Silver Fox, VP of Merch. He's he's been in meetings for the past few weeks. Uh, he's ready to make the the announcement tonight officially about what's happening March twenty eighth, twenty fifteen. Dale, something is happening. Something. Dale underscore a welcome. It is great to be here. Um, you know, there might be snow on the ground outside, but I'm all warmed up in my fleece, my two pairs of pants, my two pairs of socks, slippers, two shirts, and a hoodie in my basement. <laughs> Working all day long from home. Spoilers: Grayson uh, beat his first video game today. What? What did he do? Which one? Dora the Explorer for GameCube. Nice. Oh, good. He's been working on it for a few weeks now, but he actually beat it today. I'm pretty astounded. Wow. What's your papa over there? What did you get him to celebrate? Did you get him anything? I told him to get upstairs and get. Start eating dinner. <laughs> I don't I think him. in all the, the years that I've known Grayson, I don't think I've ever seen him eat dinner. Period. Never no, eaten a dinner. He doesn't. No, he, I don't think he's ever, I don't think he eats. <laughs> he will, he will take 50 to 50 minutes to an hour to chew a vitamin in the morning. So much like, <laughs> the, the, the medication sits in his cheek for so long, it starts like boring a hole through the <laughs> cheek meat. <laughs> Cheek meat. <laughs> he doesn't eat very much now. We, uh, you know, congratulations to Grayson on his big achievement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we have something even bigger to talk about right now. Mm. Yeah. We finally In, lined up everything. Yeah. All the stars are aligned. Inarguably, the biggest event to happen to this group of people, the three of us, the three <laughs> remaining living hosts of Paper Keg. March 28th. Dale, can you please just tell us what's happening? Please. March 28th. Let's, let's pull back the curtain. Tony Wonder style. Paper keg meetup. Uh, early spring, late winter edition. It's going to be in the Philadelphia area. The city of Philadelphia, in fact. 
we move locations. We move from Barcade. Uh, we're trying something new this time. Slim and I were uh, worked at a bar in the city of Philadelphia in December, and it might have been the most heavenly experience our 30-plus-year-old selves have ever been to at a bar <clears throat> in, our, in our fatherly frame of minds. You know what I mean? It was a Coco's in Center City, and we were there on a Saturday night, and let me tell you, the audio levels at this place where just above a whisper, they were playing 90s alternative music. <laughs> you could hear it, but you could also hear the other people in the room speak to you. It was a wonderful, wonderful time. And we are going March 28th. And at least the three of us will be there. Just that's it. The three of us are going to Coco's March 28th. Do we have that- a start time? Like 6 p.m., 3 p.m.? Let's make it um, six. Six? Six? That's Seven? Late. We got to pace ourselves. Last time we had an event, I think we, we all got there a little early, and at least a third of us was, was finished <sighs> by, eight, by 8 p.m. Now, Remember, we do, his, we do have names. a tradition of having a just host toast before yes, the I, event. Uh, absolutely. That's, that's actually true, but I, if I recall last meetup, Jonesy e- decided to... Makes some grand plans for the day of the meetup and was actually two hours late to the meetup. If uh, I recall. Two hours? Two hours maybe, late to the host toast. Maybe 20 minutes. <laughs> and I he, don't know, and two he hours. rolled, he waddled up 20 <laughs> minutes. 20 minutes into the second hour <laughs> of slim waiting. Yeah. We, uh, we bet on the horse races, you know, at least 20 miles north of Philadelphia. We drove down it. to Wilmington, Delaware to hit the comic book shop. To drive north again to Philadelphia, we, we barely it. made it for our own meetup. Jonesy's, we boxed it. Jonesy's concept of time is some kind of black it's a, hole. It's absolutely true. <laughs> it's absolutely. I've never experienced it until that day. Yeah, but I, I'd say we were forty-five minutes from meetup time. We were just leaving Parks Casino, <laughs> and Jonesy insisted true. we had time to make it to Wilmington, Delaware. Untrue. Zero. No, that is absolutely true. Jonesy is in all the years I've known Jonesy. There's no. I never. He's never seen a watch. He doesn't know how long an hour is. He doesn't know how long a minute is. (laughs) He doesn't. He doesn't. He's like great. He's back to grace, and he's like that. I mean, we had when we had to when we had to pick up Catcher from the 30th Street Station. We left the bar. 20 minutes after Catcher's train arrived because Jonesy thought we would still have time to make it there. No. It's Get just something, Jonesy, we're having it's an adventure. It's something you need to work on. Are we recording a, a podcast about comic books or are we talking we're about my flaws? March 28th, we can all talk about Jonesy's flaws. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it'll just be me and Dale making fun of Jonesy all night with our wives there. Our wives will be there. At an amenity, we'll be there. She's going to get ass-faced. <laughs> oh. She'll be on the concrete. She'll be the host on the concrete. She might be the cold concrete recipient. And and to be honest, she can take care of herself. (laughs) If that happens. She's, yeah, she was, you know, (laughs) she would be fine. We have to get some kind of cold concrete award going on where we chisel a piece of concrete and give it to that person. That'll take you an hour to put together. So you'll, you'll (laughs) have that, you'll have that ready by the meetup. (laughs) (laughs) So Coco's in center city. We haven't, we don't know what kind of night is going to happen at Coco's. We'll we'll just find out and get there. Be there and be yeah. square. If we have to pack up and move, sure, we can go to locations. Ch- we will absolutely. I mean, it's do Chinatown. That. Yeah, we'll figure something out. We'll get some ramen noodles, some buffalo wings. It's close to Chinatown. It's not. It's yeah. right. It's I mean, it's right there. Yeah. We need to move on. We're running out of tape. Dim sum, late night dim sum, <laughs> soup. Jonesy soup loves dumplings. Jonesy loves beer. Please. Yes. Shall I start us off? Sorry, Dale. Uh, I love it. We had a, you had a great episode last week. You're you're riding high. The internet was favorable to you last week, and <laughs> for the first you, time ever, what did you read to celebrate last week? Uh, I read Descender, uh, ten stars by uh, Jeff Lemire, fan favorite Canadian, uh, and illustrated by Dusty Wynn. And uh, folks, if you are on the Pluto kick that uh, we all are, 
you will love Descender. Uh, it's the story of uh, like a galactic republic type situation, and they are the nine main planets are sort of invaded by these large titan robots. So think of it like you being in New York and then, you know, in the Hudson is this gigantic robot just standing over the city one day. Like you wake up and there it is. So they dispatch this kind of a leading expert on robotics to go check the situation out. And as they're gathering data, uh, simultaneously all nine destroying robots attack the planets and kind of eradicate the Republic. So each of the nine capital worlds are devastated and everything becomes like a ragtag group. Cut to uh, ten years later and in a traveling ship, I guess like a generational ship where you would have like uh, cryotubes, like think uh, Prometheus type situation or Planet of the Apes, uh, a young boy awakens. Tim Two is his name. And he realizes that the old crew, except for him, is deceased. And by the end of his section of the book, you realize that he is a companion robot, much like um, Adam from Pluto. Uh, Pluto, excuse me. And cut back again to the expert, also 10 years later, he's kind of washed up. Uh, the government finds him and says, hey, um, we finally figured out who made the robots and it's you. You made the AI and it's connected to this Tim series of robots that you destroyed and the very last one just logged on. Whoa. You know, and cliffhanger. So <laughs> it's Jeff Lemire, so you know it's going to be solid. Uh, Dusty Wind's art is splendid in this issue. It's really a joy to uh, look at. And uh, I think this could be the next big thing at Image. Hmm. You heard it here first. I wanted to check that out. I didn't make it to the comic book Ooh, store yet. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> no, it's, no I, I, I don't care about spoilers. Spoil me. Encourage me to read it, in fact. That's what you just did. I actually would, didn't, didn't love the lettering in the book. Hmm. Kind of took me out of it little bit i think it's interesting how image books are made where pretty much i think you you don't you don't get assigned an editor and i think remendo like pays for that guy on black science to be his editor i wonder if they had an editor on this book i feel like an editor if they had an editor maybe they did but if they didn't you would be like eh, maybe use a different font for that lettering mm. like when the robots talked or whatever gen z it looked a little too forced yeah, robot I'm looking at it right now. It's a little too digital watch. Mm -hmm. Unless maybe the one. editor is also the letterer. It could be. He's Maybe he's got no eye for that. Ooh. Sorry. Sorry, Jeff and crew. <laughs> oh, man. I um, I went to the archives. Mm, yes. <laughs> yes, you did. Guys, I went to the archives. You know, sure. there's a big Joker sale that happened recently. Mm. I saw Alex. a big old Batman number 450 with the Joker on it. Talk about it. Look like a little Sinkevich cover, maybe. And Batman 450 and 451 are two parts. Jim Aparo on art. Marv Wolfman wrote it. Whoa. And there's a there's a murderer on the loose that maybe is the Joker, maybe is not. And this is the Joker's reappearance since his his um, assumed death at that helicopter at the end of Death in the Family. So he hasn't shown up really since that era. And this issue, like he's coming back and Gordon and Batman are like, something doesn't feel right. I don't know if, you know, he says he's the Joker, but I don't believe it. And it turns out to not be the Joker. It's someone posing as the Joker. But in the backstory of the issue, you see the Joker kind of injured, you know, stumbling around this, his hideout wondering if he still has it or if he's still the joker and he's like unsure of himself it was really cool i liked how the joke you get to see inside the joker's head about how he was like fearful that he lost you know his style and his his it factor and like what happens when he tries to get it back i thought it was pretty good 
You can't be Jim Aparo on Batman either, I don't think. I can't, I know in the back of my, my head kives, I knew that. <laughs> I can't picture Jim Aparo and Batman right now, but I know that Pic- Jim Aparo and Batman go hand in picture, hand. I just I know, can't picture. I know what'll get, kick you into place. Picture the Joker's face and Bruce Wayne in that final issue of Death in the Family. Remember, because you weren't sure if Joker knew Bruce Wayne's identity, and it was just that the same faces over and over again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. What a great book. What a great episode, Death in the Family, we had together. Yeah, we got to schedule another one of those. Good grief. That was a good one. Um, but it was cool. I never never heard of the series, like this two-parter before, but I grabbed it. Hmm. I think it was it came out this week. And just what what made it stand out to you as something to check out? Did it, uh, did pretty much just the cover. The cover hmm. was cool. Hmm. Both covers were cool. I judge every book I read by the cover. How could you not? I know. I mean, you know. (laughs) What did you read this week? Dale underscore A. I read a book that I had a whole, whole lot of fun with. And I hope that you guys too, if you choose to check it out. Crossed. Jimmy. (laughs) (laughs) Crossed, I am saving. (laughs) Believe me. You're saving that for date night with your wife. (laughs) I'm saving it for date night with me. My wife, YouTube, and the world to watch me <laughs> smolder on a, on a, a next the next proposed paper cake nights. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Palmiotti and Matt Brady wrote a story for Boom Studios called "The Big Con Job," mm. and I didn't know what to expect going in. I was just like, let me check this out. But I really ended up liking the story. And it's about, it's basically about all the types of folks you see at Wizard World or, you know, pop culture convention that used to be in TV but are no longer like, you know, wrestling superstar Virgil or... (laughs) You know, Peter Mayhew, you know, all these people. Patrick and Stewart. <laughs> yeah, that Will. guy's got nothing going on. Yeah, yeah. He's everywhere. Go yeah, film another and season of MI5, Patrick. It's kind of focused on, it's it's kind of sobering. It's kind of real lifey. These These guys all have this sort of relationship. They know each other because they're always sitting at the same group of tables together. And... One of them is just completely like mind numbed by the fact that he still has to attend these Q and A's for, you know, his uh, TV series Buck Blaster that was you know thirty years old and he was Buck Blaster, and he he and that gentleman spoilers ends up ending his own life because he's just just kind of like he's not making money. He in the in the issue he was at the grocery store. And he couldn't pay for his groceries. Things were so bad. And, and a fan that he was almost bothered by for interrupting him at the cash register offered to pay for his groceries. And a couple of his friends all have similar life experiences. And they all arrive at another another convention in a, during another weekend and it's like a total bust day. They made a couple hundred bucks where they're supposed to be guaranteed like five grand a piece, but their crappy agent lied to them basically. And by the end of the book, it it kind of like there's a big twist because this other guy who's an agent who's not particularly poaching, he promises, because you know, this this basically this career move and it and it's kind of like an observation of maybe this kind of thing as a whole but people like that just aren't bringing in money anymore and they're going to stop like cons need to start bringing in fresher faces like that's why there there's always the push for the walking dead people norman reedus has to be there and less you know less will wheatons or whoever <laughs> but uh, by the end of the story it's I just got taken out of it it's this it's this uh Danny Ocean type character and he basically just tells them but I got how we can square you up for the rest of your lives and these are older people he's like we're going to rob San Diego Comic Con <laughs> which what? is like a little kind of chuckly at the end but it 
intrigued me, and I'd like to see where this story goes. I mean, and and it's the story's not all super. Like it's not the wrestler, mm. you know, starring what's his name, Mickey, Mickey Doyle. Rourke, Mickey Rourke, legend. Um, it's not all super sobering like that. There is funny moments to the book, but it's kind of like you know, it's real life. But it, I'm very interested to see where it goes. I really enjoyed this story. I I liked it. I think it's a limited series. Yeah, it is. But who uh, pulled, the who's the publisher? Contract. Boom Studios. Boom. Jimmy Palmiotti, Matt Brady. Domo Stanton. They're one of your top five publishers. You talk about them all the time. Oh, yeah. Boom Studios. And now that they are partnered with Arkea, come on. Mm -hmm. Arkea is a gorgeous, gorgeous hardcover publisher. You know what's gorgeous? uh, Hardcover that I have? Martini Edition. (laughs) Parker. That's right. You got that from, spoilers, your work. That's right. Didn't you? Yeah, I got that God. as a gift. It's amazing. It's 40 pounds, and you have to have it checked if you're on an airplane. Lightning round. Dang. Two sentences or less. Jonesy loves beer. The most popular segment in show history. The numbers were in on this segment. Please. Hellboy and the BPRD. 1954, issue four. If you love Indiana Jones, excitement, sci-fi, and just a little pinch of magic, Mm. you will love Hellboy and the BPRD, every issue, including this one. Terrific book. All new Hawkeye number one. A different direction for Hawkeye, but not as different as I had hoped. Lightning agree. Question mark. Halo Gen by Arkea Studios. I heard Halo. I got excited. (laughs) (laughs) The dead body of the supposed creator of all biological life in the universe shows up in orbit. Warring factions between the humans and the robots <laughs> want the data, Oof. but do they want the data for the same purpose? Question mark. Parker, the outfit. IDW, Darwin Cook, living legend. Did you sell that hardcover on eBay? I didn't. I still have it somewhere. Just making sure. No. Come on. It was a gift. I've been hot. Come on. It's not kosher. It wouldn't be. Uh, Based on the novels, you know, maybe you two have, have read the books. You do a hit audiobook podcast, book jug. Jonesy, we should. You guys are getting BJ's out there you know, left we, and uh, right. Oh we just finished uh, a book. More than one. So maybe Parker is our next book to read. Or listen oh, to. You heard it here first. You just have to give us, you know, 20 minutes, a half hour in between, but sure. <laughs> uh, Jonesy, what is, what is this book, and I guess really what is this series up until this point about? Parker, the outfit. So Parker himself is a small to mid-level crook uh, who's a hard nose. He's an old school guy. These This is the 60s. Imagine Don Draper if he were a bad A. So, you know, take all the sissy crying and what out of the equation. You have Parker. Uh, Real men cry, Jonesy. Come on. He'll just assume as punch you in the face as if you say he can cry. And uh, this chapter opens on, uh, you know, Parker was a fugitive from the outfit in the, in the last volume. He has since now had some plastic surgery, you know, state of the art in the 60s, and he has a different face. Uh, somehow, though, he is tipped, you know, someone is tipped uh, off that Parker's back. After a botched assassination attempt, uh, attempt 
Uh, Parker goes back on the advance to get back at the outfit to finally get himself out of their crosshairs once and for all. He ends up cutting a deal with the uh, number two man in the outfit and says, hey, look, uh, I will take care of your biggest problem, and that is advancing to the number one man. If, after all of this, you leave me alone and I walk away. The guy's like, deal. Effing deal. Let's do it. So Parker kind of gets a a uh, Ocean's Eleven type crew together, and they single-handedly hit the outfit and all these small operations for like over a million dollars. So figure in the '60s how much money that really is. Jonesy math. What does that so, equate to? I yeah. mean, it's like forty billion dollars. You just have to give them a little today. bit of time to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're back, folks. Back to trolling Jonesy. Dog pile on Jonesy every time he makes any kind of statement regarding dumb. anything. Jonesy's dumb. Can't figure uh, anything out. Uh, just like Dale, I keep people in my da- in my basement. Um, <laughs> I have a job with a union. Uh, okay, so uh, Parker uh, gets the better of everybody. And uh, he basically gets what he wants. He kind of makes sure the outfit lead... Uh, stays true to his deal, and uh, you're left hanging is what you know. What could possibly be the next adventure for Parker? Great, fantastic, old school crime book. This was book two of of this uh, Darwin Cook series, and it's all Darwin Cook. He's doing everything. Yeah, beast. adapting, drawing, beast, beast mode, total beast mode. Darwin Cook beast mode trademark. But, man, Darwin Cook, we're going to be so sad when he stops doing, you know, comic books, anything. That guy could do anything he wants. Mm-hmm. He could be designing, you know, posters, trademark symbols. I mean, anything with a pencil, he can do it. And that's it. But I do have the hardcover of this one, and it's just so gorgeous to look at. You know, he, he it's not fully colored. He kind of just picks one color and adds in a dash of that in in like this kind of black and white style but it's so stylized to the times every time he drew a car in this book oh my god i just want to make out with a page (laughs) it's so gorgeous and it's perfectly set to the time too that era of design it's just he's so in tune with it he could do any era yeah, he. I mean, I just figure he's got to. He just had to have pulled up tons of like reference photos, because everything was just on point. The the gas station signage, the you know the buildings that he created, like the, um, I forget whose house it was. It might have been Bronson's house up in, the like up on the top of it, up in the mountains. It's just com- so completely beautifully stylized. Uh. Everything, the architecture was just on point. Yeah. He, he comes off as like a student of design and architecture just across the mm-hmm. decades. Like he just reads these books. He loves it. And he's able to pull it off because you can see it on the page. And it's just so gorgeous. I mean, even if you don't want to read it, you got to buy just a page through it yeah. And, uh, yeah. and appreciate the artwork. I got to ask, what's what's that glossy page feel like? On the finger, like a nice thick hardcover page. Please, let me. I mean, <laughs> I can't even really describe. I can't describe it. It smells uh, great. It feels amazing, and describe. it's oversized too. It's like oh, you know, yeah. it's like higher and wider, th- and you just you just love touching it. Mm. Leatherbound. It. Leather, Spoilers: it It's only fifty dollars on Amazon. I'm looking. <sighs> that is. A, can I be honest with you right now? That's a steal. And it's not even sold out yet. I thought it. I was. I was sure it would be out of print, but no. it's not. No. Can we talk about his page layouts real quick? Mm, please. I mean, I felt uh, immediately that I was reading a newspaper serial where each page was leading me to, like, a new cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, like, picking up the Phantom on a Sunday morning cartoon, you only get, like, four or five panels. And each page felt like that impending like that yeah. momentum on each page like it's it's hard to capture how edge 
of your seat you can feel reading a comic book until you appreciate his breakdowns. And the fact that he bookends each uh, like separate issue with a dressed-down splash page. So you have a splash page breakdown, but instead of being overwhelming, it's like this... Like I'm looking at book two right now. It's like this beautiful poster of like a Route 66 gas station with like this uh, what I like an old Chevy like pulling mm-hmm. out onto the street next to a phone booth, and it's a splash page, but it's the most simple. It's the simplest, most beautiful cartooning mm-hmm. that you can expect in a comic book. And what he more to what you're saying, Jonesy the. The stories that's within the story, he even makes those like cliffhangery and exciting to read. Like there are multiple instances where this book turns into like a pamphlet or an instruction manual, and it's he amazing. Takes, yeah, and it's completely amazing. Like he the instru- now the instruction manual is like he takes a break from the story he's telling you to explain how these two guys knocked off one of the outfits nightclubs like he breaks away and the design changes up a little bit like there's smaller panels maybe and more um narrative to the stories like somebody's reading you what's happened while he while he uh you know illustrates a few of the the scenes but all that is is the complete package because it just so works so well that I do, it's a bummer because I, I actually remember when we did the first Parker book, I ended up only reading the first chapter because when I when I bought the book digitally, it was sold in four individual chapters. Oh yeah, I remember those and, are the dark days of digital. I yeah. That. And I did so I didn't know there were three three other chapters. So you guys start talking about this whole complete other book that I just never ended up reading. That I want to go back and finish that because I don't even remember how amazing it was. But I I want to say this was more amazing. But I I can't I can't be super sure of that fact. Mm-hmm. But but just the layouts and the story that was told in here was just the most exciting, like revenge on the outfit and how he did it and how he made the partnership with the, the number two guy. It was, I don't, I loved, I love this book so much. Yeah, I don't mean to keep bringing up the art because the story is fantastic as well. But uh, this reminded me, and Slim, you might remember. Remember, I used to have that '67 Mustang when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Well, I had the original owner's manual, and if wow. you flip through, there was no like it wasn't like today where you would have like a photo of of what you're looking at or a photo of the car. Like it was an old brown paper book with an artist illustration of the vehicle and an artist illustration of the you know um cluster and, and like all this kind of stuff and that was the nostalgia i felt flipping through this volume was like i felt for a moment i was back looking at that beautiful hand-drawn mustang and it was all over this volume of parker like i just could not get over how how much the art knocked my socks off and and it's only shaded in blue. Like I think the, the the last Parker book may have been orange or gray, but this book is completely shaded in blue. It's just black, white, and shades of dark blue or or light blue. Mm-hmm. And I think we should talk about how great the story was. I don't think it was a direct adaptation. Like he wasn't just pulling quotes and lines from the book. Maybe he was, but. Mm-hmm. Whichever ones he chose for the book were great choices. And I have to think he did take some writing or did some writing for the book because, I mean, it was fantastic. Yeah. It was, it was, you, you knew your character of Parker. Like, even if you had only read this book, you could still kind of hop in and get it. And I mean, right from the onset, I loved how he's, you know, he's in this hotel with a woman and someone tries to kill him right away. And, he's you know he's roughing up this guy trying to get answers from him that you would think the woman would run out and there was just this really cool moment where he decides to tell the woman like i you know i 
to get into some bad stuff and I got to try to get some info from this guy. And there's this great three panels where he's sitting there and then she decides to, you know, light, light, light the cigarette <laughs> yeah. to, you know, yeah. to instantly show you that she's all right. I'm, I'm, I'm into this. I'm going to stick around and see where this goes. I thought that was such a great panel where you instantly knew what she was about from, from yeah. then on. I thought that yeah. was gorgeous. Yeah, it was great because there was so much, there was just so much being told in the illustration. It was like, she was fine with whatever just happened, but what is happening now is even better. Like she's even more into, no matter who she thought Parker was before this instant, things just (laughs) got way better. Mm -hmm. And she's not even mad that he lied to her or anything. Yeah. I wonder how much of Richard Stark's direction Darwin Cook took. I mean, how much of the action is the narrative of the Parker novels? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. does does Stark say, like, you know, Parker pulls his pistol out of his coat and rolls into a crouch and takes aim? Like, does does is that action described on the page and is it directly translated? I think we have to do a BJ on Parker just so I can answer yeah. that question. Yeah, it's the yeah because it's, it's the only answer. I mean, it's easily the most accessible way we would find out quicker mm-hmm. than anything. No, I mean, there's no kind of Google that I can do. I, I'll just find out by reading. No, you and can't I, Google that. I mean, Parker is just... We all want to be him. Like, he's just the most... The coolest guy that never, I've read never in Never makes a, while. a mistake. I mean, no. I don't, in this book, he's, he's, he's perfect. There's no danger. You don't feel danger for this character. You kind of just are waiting yeah. to see how awesome I Felt danger for the people that more high up in the outfit. That's what I felt scared for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just super amazing because it's he's just like so morally gray. I mean, he's still like a con man of sorts, but right to, in this book, at least, he's conning the bad guys. But he's not, he's not, you know, MI6 or he's has flaws, but my God, doesn't matter. Like, it's still just completely there was, amazing. There was, I guess, one scene where you st- I start to get worried is when he gets worried when he's doing the final uh planning with handy one of the guys that he works with handy at that point i guess had gotten comfortable with his diner and parker needed him for a job but handy wasn't going to accept any money and he was going to do it you know for sentimental value to help out parker and, and that like threw parker for a loop and he there was one so i wasn't even sure if handy was gonna like screw him over at the Mm -hmm. end yeah you felt that too Mm -hmm. and then there was a really great quote where he decides not to hang out with parker and this woman who owns the hotel they're hanging out with he's just sitting in bed and he there was a really cool line said uh line parker owned nothing and the men he knew were just that the men he knew like there was it like showed how empty of a life parker led and there was never any kind of friendship to be had with any of the people he worked with only really the fear that they're getting soft and it might hurt him in the end i started taking uh, screenshots of when i was reading i stopped eventually but just some of the stuff that stood out as super creative was when the narrator which could be parker or, or i got the vibe that it wasn't necessarily parker because he would mention mentioned Parker in the third person, but when they were talking about the setup of the con job for the armored car robbery, <clears throat> they were talked about what equipment they needed to get and how they scored it. But Darwin Cook even just took the time to just draw a panel of all the pieces of the equipment they acquired for the con job. It was like two box trucks and a shotgun and he like drew two revolvers and, and police uniforms, but it was all laid out in this grid. It was just the coolest design choice. I think for that went so well with the narration of the book of what was being read to you. If there, I, I, when there's an interlude in the book that kind of takes you a little off course, the, the first part I liked, which was the almost magazine article one, where it, it it's almost like a, mm-hmm. a transcript from the book or something, and there's some of his art inner inner sliced. But I actually didn't like the the other ones after that. I felt like I was kind of ready. Let's get back to the main story. I'm kind of done with. The, was that the one with about the horse races and the yeah, all that stuff? 
Mm-hmm. Like if if I was re- if I was reading the trade of this in- instead of on my tablet, I would have just like started skimming through those and just get ready to get next to the you know what's happening next with Parker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, he did. I mean, the time was taken to explain these cons and these setups. Like this is it was cool because it's a little bit of history that it, I just didn't realize the complete operation. But you know, these bookie, these high end like organized crime syndicates would end up pur- just purchasing a gas station so near a racetrack so they could have a guy always at the ready to go place a big bet to like balance out the um the high stakes horses and bring him bring down the bets uh, it was really really interesting but yeah it was it did start to get a little long i thought the story that was the magazine article in like crime times or mm-hmm. knockoff times that started getting a little too long. I was getting worried that it was going to be more like that, but I think it was more just because I was worried about my the time I had to read the book. <laughs> but it was an but it was very entertaining. It's just yeah. I mean, Jonesy, you don't have any thoughts so, on that interlude? So talented. I, I feel like that would be right up your alley. What's happening? You're looking uh, off screen like something's no, happening. No, I, I had somebody wandering to the room and it distracted me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I I thought. The interlude was the crowning piece, uh, to be honest. I, I imagine, again, that the novel probably has a throwaway chapter where it just describes how Parker is able to orchestrate these simultaneous hits on uh, the outfit. And, I mean, if Darwin Cook is looking for a way to shine, he's like, all right, how can I make this part of the book palatable if it's a really only exposition? I thought he hit it out of the park. Because he he presents each one in a different way. Uh, to Dale's point, the design choices are out of this world. I I love the interlude, and when I got to the interlude, I, I was trepidatious because I was like, "All right, is the rest of the book going to just be pages of the novel with pictures on the bottom corner? Are we going to get back to you know what we've had so far?" And if anything, it was like a break, like a breath of fresh air that you could jump out of the story, read something totally different, and then still get the same satisfying ending. And I think even you could skip the interlude altogether and still have the same satisfaction at the end of the volume. You could mm-hmm. you could absolutely flip through it, and it wouldn't change the way you felt about the ending of the book. I think the only thing f- for me, I mean, it was... I love the... Yeah, I love the interlude, too. It was the crowning piece. The only thing, by the end, I almost forgot that we were mid Parker. Like we still had some Parker story to get through. Like it was that much of an interlude, but there was a reason for it all. Like the, the, the track that he's laying does have payoff because it all matters to the story, the larger Parker story that's being told and stuff. But I mean, the the book is just phenomenal. And especially over narration pieces. But when you're, but you're reading this book and at the end, when he's at Frank Sinatra's, you know, Rocky Mountain Motel or whatever it was called, like literal, like the one of the song, the song that I played while Jonesy was synopsizing, which probably threw his game way off. He probably couldn't even think straight. But <laughs> that, like the the lounge, the, the lounge music just started like it was like a set piece through the whole book, mm-hmm. like jazz, poppy jazz or lounge music. With uh, you know Jack Jones or Dean Martin or Mel Torme, I mean it was all just like playing while I was reading this book. It was amazing. I loved it. I mean, I did suggest that we read all the rest of the Parker books for this episode, but I was shot down. Just want to make it clear, <laughs> you know, some people didn't want to read that much. I will say honestly that I was reading on the train coming home, and I started getting into those text passages. I started to get a little worried. That I wasn't gonna finish in time. <laughs> yeah, see. Yeah. <laughs> I wondered if can I skip this? Do I need to read this uh if if we gotta record in a few hours? <laughs> but we uh, we got through it and you know what? It gives us uh a couple extra episodes of paper keg to uh, do the other ones. You know? Yeah. Which Any, is always a good thing. Anything to prolong the paper keg podcast, right, Tail? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but why well, yeah, absolutely. You don't want to. Okay. We got to get the letters. That was Parker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. running out of time. Parker, the outfit. 
We got your letters I'm gonna open them up Farrington's gonna read them To you March 28th Coco's Center City, Philadelphia mm-hmm. One last time <laughs> Letters at paperkeg.com If you want to shoot us a letter We might read it on the uh, A lot of letters So I'm going to uh, skip my customary draw And get through these uh, Business. First Business comes story. through Great friend of the show Charles Forsman uh, Oily Charles. Comics on the Instagram I suggest you follow him and get his book, Revenger. Mm. Uh, it's you know, it's it's catching fire in our hearts. It's that good. Uh, get Revenger, folks. Just listen to the full last episode. Great show as always. Thanks for plugging Revenger. I really appreciate that. No problem. Seriously. So I guess you are having the meetup on the twenty eighth. Sadly, I can't make it that weekend. I'm actually oh. flying to Pittsburgh oh, for a gosh. comics fest that is having me and Melissa Mendez, my non-wife, as guests. Someday, someday, I will buy you guys a drink. Yeah. Uh, I think I told Jonesy, but I'm doing a convention at the Meadowlands in Secaucus on April 11th and 12th. I think two of you are seeing some War of the Rings concert, but if you could make it down, that would be great. I did this show last year, and it was fun. It was a fun little show. It is called the East Coast Comic Con. Okay, I have a good week, boys. And Dale, Scotty, and I are almost out of water down here. <laughs> Son of a bee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love um, inside Dale's second half jokes. <laughs> yeah. I laughed heartily when I read that when he sent that a couple days ago. My God, had me rolling. Um, yeah, the East Coast Comic Con, I believe, uh, used to be called the Asbury Park Comic Con or something. Oh, I think. The, I think don't uh, our show sponsor go there every year? The comic book do. shop in Delaware. They do. I, I think. think they do. I think this is what they will be going to. So, um, Charles Forsman, keep your eyes out for Sarah and Patrick Titus. I'll bug them to go visit you. If if this, in fact, is the same one, it may not be, but I think it is because he showed us, a f- I think, a flyer of it, and then Jonesy were like, sorry, man, we're going to be at the Symphony seeing three Lord and, of the Rings movies as the... <laughs> As the music is played, eating caviar, by a live toasting orchestra. champagne glasses, tea and I mean, crumpets. That's going to be pretty great. <laughs> Next letter. By uh, an old letter writer, hasn't written in for a long time, uh, Chris G 983 on the Twitter, I think his name. So finally, listen to episode 152, trying to play catch up, and couldn't help but say, I told you so. I may have even tweeted that. Glad you guys enjoyed something I absolutely adored. And he is speaking about the Pride of Baghdad, by the way. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I don't really keep up on very many monthlies. I do try, but I do enjoy a book with heart. And this one totally was. Anyway, keep on keeping on, fellas. And hey, I'm not dead. I'm still here. Good to know. Sometimes I think Dale wakes up in the middle of the night with... The, the screenshots of those animals getting shot with like interlaced with like red background behind them <laughs> like just flashing like dead animals mm-hmm. red dead animals dale red, red. Yeah. and it's like basically my when i wake up it's like i'm nuke from the captain america comics <laughs> like cat like my boys united <laughs> states flag boys. draped over my face <laughs> patches <laughs> over my arm our boys brought them home. We killed those lions, right, boys? Right, America? <laughs> we killed those male and female lions wandering the streets of Baghdad. This might be the creepiest thing you've ever done, Dale. And we'll shoot everything. And <laughs> <laughs> Nuke single-handedly keeping Born Again from being a five-star book. Nuke and Captain America out of nowhere. I mean, really, who, who doesn't right. want that? That is right. I forgot about the that. The climax of the Daredevil book is about Captain America. And nuke, yeah. yeah, Captain America and nuke. Daredevil shows up at like the last panel. I'm okay. Driving I'm a taxi to again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next letter says, uh, you know, afternoon. I've been listening to your show for a while now. It helps with my long daily commute to DC. 
between the show and finally getting around to watching all the MCU movies, I've been thinking about getting back into comics. Oh, yeah. Oh, and that's, I like this one already. I'm 36, father of two. Mm-hmm. Dale, is this you? Did you write a letter? Mm-hmm. And a federal police officer. I collected Batman off and on through college, but lately I seem to be interested in characters who rely on firearms and hand-to-hand combat. Sure, it's related to what I learned in training for my job. Not sure what I should spend my money or at what part in the storyline to use as a starting point. Could you please give your thoughts and comments on which titles will be worth following? Uh, thank you for what you guys do, Dave. Uh, Dave, thank you very much for the letter. Glad you wrote in. And uh, he suggests some uh, titles as speaking points. Uh, Winter Soldier, Batman, Deathstroke, Punisher, and Red Hood. Uh, I The only book I'm reading out of those five, uh, I'm sorry, I guess the only two are Batman, which is a tremendous run going on right now. Uh, I recommend you go all the way back to issue one, though, and start at Court of the Owls uh, and catch up. So you have a lot of reading doing that one. And the current Punisher is fantastic. But there are some uh, episodes we've done, like Punisher Born, which is really good, and the Rucka Greg Keg. Rucka, oh, yeah, the Rucka gosh. entire Punisher run, Dave. Like Dave, if, and you don't even know Dave. What I love uh, about those two particular Punisher runs, like if you're into firearms, the like each one he uses is like painstakingly drawn to match a real firearm. So it's you know it's a, a detail most people would neglect or actually not like, but I think it's pretty cool if you're doing a character who uses them as you know more than just plot points so i recommend both batman and punisher from that list what about um maybe a shot in the dark lazarus mm-hmm. from image Blakes. maybe you know try something new mm-hmm. stick your toe okay. in the water yeah if you still have all your toes it's another rock check book. it out yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, the the current Punisher run is excellent. Greg Rucka's Punisher, obviously excellent. Deathstroke and Red Hood. Mm, I don't think any of us could even comment on that. If if anybody wants to tweet at us with some particular Deathstroke or Red Hood stories, maybe that'll get them. I'm yeah, trying to Dave, think of some. Dave, if you're on Twitter, maybe we can direct some titles your way. Guy's not on Twitter. I mean, he's a he's got he's a father too. He's federal 36. agent. Federal agent in DC. Come, Come on, on Jonesy. They can't. They can't be going job. on Twitter and complaining about their underlings calling out on snow days. They get arrested. Who did, yeah. did that? I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know to what you're referring. I'm trying to think of some. I mean, I I started trying to think of uh, things that weren't necessarily Marvel or DC, like the uh, Garth Ennis book you're reading, Jonesy. Oh, what about Red Team? I think he might want to check that out too. Red Team Garth Ennis is pretty good. Mm. Is that military or? What is yeah, it? they're like a mercenary team. Mm. If I recall, I liked what I read of that first four or five issues. Hmm. I don't know if he, I don't know if he wants you know if Dave. I don't know if you were looking for modern day or what, but I know there's a couple. There's a couple uh, World War Two stories yeah, that Garth I Ennis's War Stories is really good. Mm. There's a ton if. Uh, Shoot, shoot us an email at letters of paperkeg.com and just ask if you would like some more. I can write you offline for you know some other stuff that I would find so we don't have to do it live on the air and not think of anything at all. But um, yeah, please write back. Um, next letter from at very exciting on the Twitter. Listener lightning round. Descender by Jeff Lemire and Dustin Nugian. Wow. Which is in fact his entire... Listener lightning round. Thank you. Very exciting. You were wholly impressed, it sounds like, as was Jonesy. Yeah, I, we're, I was. We're assuming that that wow was a good wow. Could be right. a bad wow. We don't know. It was all caps. Slim. That could doesn't be a mean big, anything. Could be a big, huge wow because there might have been like, you know, penis on the page. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't read it. Like I said, I didn't get to the comic book store this week. <laughs> uh, next letter. Hey, Keggers. Uh, great episode last week. I know we've gushed many times about the Bendis Believe Daredevil run, but it truly is one of the greatest in modern comics history. Between episode 192 and the Netflix series hitting next month, I felt inspired to start a reread of the entire run, so thanks for that. That being said, with Wade Insomni's run coming to an end, what creative team would you like to see on the book? Should they revert back to the dark and gritty or keep with the light-hearted tone? Uh. 
Personally, while I've enjoyed the art on the current run and appreciate the different take on my favorite character, it's just not my daredevil. I'm excited for a creative change and interested to see where they'll take Matt Murdock next. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, fellas. High fives, Sean D., Karate Chop 16, mm. uh, the favorite of my heart. Uh, and apparently we'll see him on the 28th and Man. Baltimore Comic Con. Right, he's definitely coming to Baltimore Comic Con too. I'm pretty. I mean, you guys missed it, but I just high fived him off screen. Right, we have he's, that kind of connection. He's getting roped into a soft commitment, which turns into a hard commitment. <laughs> um, sorry about that, but it's true. It happens. Uh, new Daredevil creative team. I'm going to throw out two names right now. Here we go. The world I will. Hope they're not my daughter. Because one I've got of it which ready. is obvious and probably our pick. Seal Man. Mm. Oh, writing mm. man you know, and a Ooh. name <laughs> he goes by two names but we just call him one word his last name Chachado Chachado from Rucka Keg mm. and I think Remember? some Spider-Man books maybe but I don't know what, what if uh, Jason Aaron and Asad Ribic took a break from Thor to write some Daredevil what do you think? My, my pick was Jason Shadow. Aaron. I picked Jason Aaron. Too. Jason Aaron and Asad Arabic. Brothers were so... Who did, you, who did you have on art? Mm. Dale, that's to you. Who did you have on art? Yeah, I... Lo- I was up in the air, honestly. Chichetto's good. He did... Do, they, he'd draw a, a snazzy Daredevil in that Daredevil Punisher Spider-Man crossover. Mm. I'm surprised Jonesy's uh, number two or two... Creative team would it wasn't just Bendis Malik, <laughs> right? That would yeah, the old amazing. Jonesy would have just said that. <laughs> the old Jonesy, you know, pre-host. Uh huh. Look at you! You're just tw- you're twirling around like a <laughs> like a girl on her wedding day right now. You're you're prancing in that chair. It's amazing. I am trying to crack my spine. It is not working. <laughs> it's quite painful. I tell you who I'd. I mean, I tell you who I'd like. Tell I'd us. like to see. I'd like to see. I don't know if it would work for Daredevil, but I'd like to see big name in comics right now in my heart. Brian Michael Bendis, Scotty Young's <laughs> heart, James Harron. Oh man! I tell you, okay. She's doing Rumble right now. What Rumble's I know him big. from is uh, a couple of issues of uh, Conan. Mm-hmm. Conan. The Adventurer. Conan. Conan. Man, I'm brave <laughs> Any more letters still? Oh, yeah. We got letters. <laughs> we got letters. Next is from King of the Letter Writers himself emailing us well before the credits rolled on this sucker. Hey, fellas. Steer in the hospital. Still, still here in the hospital recouping. Yeah. Uh, get super well. Dragon Fro, seriously. Oh, man, I've been thinking about you a lot, buddy, and I hope you get well soon. Should be home in the next couple days. Uh, not much else to add, so I'm going to hand this letter off to somebody else. See ya, peeps, at Hospital Dragon on the Twitter. Mm. Sup, homies. <laughs> oh, he is literally handing this letter over to somebody else. Sup, homies. <laughs> Y'all watch that Agent Carter. That's how you do TV, son. That flash so is... Kilton right now. Best superhero <laughs> show ever. No hashtag no question mark RIP. Love listening to you fellas. Law bring your best y'all bring your best each show. Holla at y'all later. Fark Cleating Bull Marrington. <laughs> there. On that letter. <laughs> the most inside letters in history. This is gonna be a record. The best might, absolute ones. This might set the record for most letters at our show. <laughs> We have another another letter under the wire uh, from at Very Exciting. He says, you guys, BJ Parker, I will BJ Parker all day long. <laughs> oh, my word. God in heaven. My word. And he, he for some reason, he includes, I have a Nexus 7 pad, which I don't <laughs> Is that inside baseball? I don't understand that. <laughs> got him. Got him. Ooh. <laughs> 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 And uh, last, but maybe not least, because we we still haven't uh, rolled the credits, is a friend of the show and Skyrim Addict podcast host at Ren Mike D on the Twitter. Watching live is a subject line, so wave to Ren Mike D, everybody. 
Hey, gents, watching the feed live while working the snow, and I have to say, Jonesy is looking good. No troll here. The man looks like he's lost a few and is in a healthier state. Oh, thank you. Great show as always, Mike. I did uh, note that I actually looked like I had a neck in this uh, this particular angle. It's very noticeable. Myself. Very noticeable, by the way. Good for you, Jonesy. P.S. This email is brought to you by the all-new Sony Xperia. With its incredible camera, you too can wander the streets of NYC dreaming of next being the Bill Cunningham. Being <laughs> the next Bill Cunningham. Uh, that was, that's an inside joke for another podcast. Now we're doing inside jokes for other podcasts on the network. <laughs> they all listen to the, all the shows, right, guys? No? Crickets. I, <laughs> I'm going to so. add in crickets to that one. Was that like nine letters? I mean, yeah, that's got to be some new record. Man. Feels good. Feels real good. I hope to see each one of you letter writers on the 28th. Even, even you, Charles Forsman, you can hop on a train and jet over from Pittsburgh <laughs> to Philadelphia for a day and jet back. You know, use some kind yeah, of... Yeah, it's not asking a lot. Let's be honest time here. travel. Nobody wants to be in Pittsburgh. Oh, um, also, if you want to make a day of it... March 28th, the comic book shop in Wilmington, Delaware, Jim Steranko, the legend, will be there yeah. making I don't want to, uh, I don't want to hobnob, but, you know, maybe Titus and I weren't emailing back and forth, because we have that kind of cool guy relationship. Oh my God. word. And that's yeah. the day after the meetup? Is that, that right? That's the day of the meetup. That's oh, the, the day, day of the meetup. Oh, my word. So, I'm what hoping they are just wiped from a long day, and they mm-hmm. come ready to party. Yeah, they're celebrating uh, five years of them owning the comic book shop in Wilmington, Delaware, and congratulations to them in advance. It's going to be a great day. And they're great, great sponsors. America. You know, just uh, real quick, I know we had the ending music on. I uh, I was looking for back issues of Baltimore. I shot him a one-line email. He was back to me in like an hour. This is what I got. I'm putting it aside for him. You come pick it up oh when you're God. ready. Amazing <laughs> customer service. Next week. Dale's top two. We're going to his number one publisher. The return of Hellboy. Great Spotify. Mm-hmm. I got I got pinged that uh, my warning jacket had a brand new song ready for listening. Their new single. Right away you listen to it. Love it. Love it. As soon as I switch back to Spotify, you'll be off of it again. So I'm not, I'm just staying right where I am right now. <laughs> well, you got like a free ten years on Google Play Music once you got the I Nexus did. Six. Yeah, free six months was just completely absurd. I'm using the crap out of that. I love it. Mm-hmm. But Spotify, the social aspects of Spotify, great. I'm a fan. Tom Sand, Tom Sand, right now. A lot of de- we had a lot of destiny to get to tonight. Mm. Hopefully, not a lot. I'm gonna have a hard stop, maybe at midnight. So it's ten fifty three. Yeah. Yeah, let's. You see these bags listen, under my eyes. Can we come oh, to this? Can we come to an agreement? Your, your glasses are sunken into your face so far. Your puffed up eyes. I can't even see them anymore. <laughs> I haven't worn my glasses in a week. Oh. You back in your contacts? What's that all about? Uh, I get Sony send you some new contacts too. Uh, my <laughs> Sony Xperia contact lenses. I'm tired of James breaking them. You know, we mm. we wrestle, we we horseplay, and he snaps my glasses off. I get tired of putting super glue. There's a, a pound of crazy glue in my glasses. <laughs> mm, yeah, that'll do it. You know? 
So oh, hopefully gonna... not like when you're not, you know, put got him in the camel clutch, he doesn't swallow one of your contacts and pops out of your eyes. That's the only thing you got to <laughs> worry about now. I haven't put him in the camel clutch. Amanda put him in the figure four the other day. Yes. Nice. Did you That's teach amazing. him both that at the same time? She, it was a, it was a modified figure four. It wasn't, you know, was the, it real, the real deal. He was having yeah. a great time. He loved it. So. She's probably like Stu and Helen. She's probably the Helen of Stu and <laughs> Helen Hart over there. The dungeon. The Kalaski dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> Kalaski family dungeon. That's where it is. I got a, I got a master plan to get her into pro wrestling. Yeah. Master plan. Is it like we're a two-year plan? Or? We're going to try it this week. You know, I'm going to have her watch that NXT pay-per-view that was on last month. Because mm. it was really good. You know? We'll see what you happens. Ma- you told her to uh, follow some of the divas on Instagram, which was a huge hit. Like, that'll just get her right into it. Actually, that was a sc- that was two screenshots I took on my phone. And I second-guessed myself. And I wasn't going to post about this 14-year-old kid talking to oh, yeah. Paige on Instagram. But she took it upon herself to tweet those out. I mean, it was amazing. It was amazing. The internet is an amazing place. <laughs> young, young children should be studied about their social media uh-huh. habits and what they say to women on the internet. Shocking stuff. And the fact that you could, maybe you should just hide their profiles before they attempt something like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Maniacs. they're young. They, uh, they don't know that it's wrong, and someone needs to teach them. It's going to be me. I don't know, boys, what do you say? Some uh, pickle nift? Let's what pickle is, nift yeah, it. What is that? What is that hashtag on your... That is the oh, wow. paper keg late night fire team. Anyone who wants to join the fire team, gamertag underscore A, gamertag Yosagi Yoslimbo. Oh, the games people play now. Destiny. It's calling. Of course, we only have the demo. We don't know how many hours we got left. Who knows? Right. We will probably won't even be able to play with Jonesy tonight. Jonesy will have to revert back to level three missions <laughs> with his level twelve guy. Let's put my feet up. Put my slippers on. All right. Just okay, hold down the trigger. Just hold down the trigger <laughs> button. Mowing the lawn, baby. We're hopping around. You guys still have that double jump. You haven't even unlocked the triple jump yet. What? Get out of here. I'm only Mm. level three right now still. Yeah. Mm. Triple jump. We probably can't get the triple jump with the demo. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait, though. Hashtag pickle nift on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Running raids. We're going to start a clan. Singing glory, hallelujah. Then they try to suck it to you. In the name of the Lord. If you like what you're seeing, you should come down March 28th to Coco's. See Dale perform live. And furthermore, to hell with hate. Come on, get on board. God grant me the serenity to remember who I am. Oh, cause you've given up your sanity, all your pride and your vanity. Good weekend, everybody. Safe home. <laughs>